Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of Shake the Cosmos. My guest here today is Nicole. Nicole is a successful entrepreneur, business consultant, and educator. She has led workshops for Fortune 500 companies, taught internationally, and has been hired to advise numerous startups. Nicole graduated with honors from UC Berkeley with a degree focused on social studies of entrepreneurship. In 2013, she founded growmyfuture.org as a way to connect and support youths to live their full potential. Her goal is to impact the lives of thousands, if not millions, and make Grow My Future a globally recognized organization. She's also the author of Full Potential, a professional guidebook to help adults get a clear on their career and life choices. The guidebook can be ordered at ignitingfp.com. That's like F as full, potentialp.com. Well, um, so yeah, let's just jump into it. So, you know, if you could have any superpower, Nicole, um, you know, what would it be? I'd have to say teleporting. Um, I, I love traveling. And I, there's been so many times where it's like, I want to be one place or another place, like in- instantaneously. And there'd be so many different places that I could go and visit or just convenient. I could skip all the traffic. <laughs> That's always nice. <laughs> so I'd say teleporting. Teleporting. Great. Um, where would you go? Well, like, let's just say today, for some reason, you know, I had the magic wand and you, you somehow get a chance to teleport. Where would be the first spot? Good question. <laughs> Probably somewhere by a beach. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere nice and warm where I could go swimming and... And yeah, there's there's something that is just so comforting about being at a beach. Um, and I plan at some point in my life to spend part of, of my year by a beach. Maybe I love Tulum. That's one place that always calls me back. Mm. Well, thank you for making the time to speak with us today because I um, we're not at the beach. So I apologize for that. Um, and... I think uh, I guess what's something you wanna you want your viewers to know about you? I mean, what is what is uh, what is the brand? What is I was you know learning about you. You've done so many different things and amazing with this grow my, uh, my future dot org organization and this new guidebook coming out with called Full Potential. Uh, what is something? What is your story? Yeah, my story is a very interesting one. That's for sure. I feel like I've lived like 15 lifetimes within this lifetime. <laughs> but I, I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, but my life definitely took a windy path. When I graduated from high school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, it was, I saw my, my, I was struggling. I saw my peers struggling. I couldn't get an appointment with my high school counselor to, figure out if I wanted to change a class, let alone like talk about my future and what was possible for me. And, and knowing I was an entrepreneur, but not really knowing it, like it's like these things within us, usually we know them, but our, our attention isn't on them, if that makes any sense. So it's like, they're always there and they're always a part of our, our natural pattern. But if we don't focus on them or if we're not fully aware of them, then they kind of sit in the background. So part of me always knew I was an entrepreneur. Um, it wasn't fully clear when I was younger. And it took a, a number of experiences to really pinpoint that piece for myself. But I ended up uh, dropping out of college to have my daughter at the age of 23. 
And um, that was a that was a windy road for sure. That was uh, difficult to be a single mom raising a child and trying to figure out my 20s as well. And at that time in 0809, the economy tanked and I, I was doing events at the time. I had my own company producing events and nobody wanted to hire for events, right? That's like the last thing when you're, when you're in a, not depression, but when the economy isn't, isn't doing well, it's more of a frivolous cost, right? You can cut that pretty easily. And so I was in, in LA, just me and my daughter, not knowing what to do. Um, nobody would look at my resume because I, I didn't have a degree. And so I was like, okay, well, let me make my own path. And so I put together all these different pitches and proposals. And one of them was um, to BET profiling different successful African-American professionals. This is how growth started, actually. And and Full Potential, the guidebook. This is all kind of congruent and, and um, the reason why everything now exists, what I've been working on. And so BET, um, they loved my program, which was highlighting these different African-American professionals. Um, and I was supposed to talk to the woman that writes checks. However, the CEO got fired, new CEO came in and wiped out all the staff, including the woman that was going to write the check. So, or green lighted, I should say. And so I sat with the idea and it was like, this is so needed. The world, like we're not adequately answering the question of who are you and what do you want to do with your life? Which is the biggest question anyone could ever ask themselves. And so... I decided to play with it for a while. I sat with it, trying to figure out what is it that I want to be doing with with this, knowing that it had to exist and come into the world. And eventually it evolved into a nonprofit, which is growmyfuture.org. And it was was definitely kind of a trial by error. Um, I knew that showing these kids the potential of, of different people's paths is great, but they would see it and they'd be like, oh, that's amazing. They could do that, but I'll never be able to do that. And so I want to show them, well, this is who you are. This is your blueprint, right? This is the value that you have to offer the world. And for them to find that on their own and make self-directed choices about their futures, which engages them that much more in their life. So that's why we created curriculum, which now educators educators are delivering within their classrooms to their students so we can scale this out to be a national program. So that's the nonprofit. But after running the nonprofit for such a long period of time, I had so many adults come to me and say, hey, do you have something for me too? And I realized enough people actually about a year ago, I think there was a week where about five people within the week asked the same thing, like, hey, do you have this available for me? And I decided, you know what, it's time. It's time for me to make this available. And I've I've read and researched everything that is out there. Um, there's some really good, there's great books, um, like uh, True North Leadership is one of my favorites, or Designing Your Life is a good one, uh, What Colors Your Parachute. But I felt like all of them have a lot of reading and it's not about reading it's about action and all of them also have fragmented pieces of information you tie them all together and it could be good um, but they also miss pieces none of them talk about company culture 
And company culture can be just as important as what job it is that you choose. So uh, it's really, it's a very cohesive way and more fluid way of going about looking at what you want to be doing. And it's more active in participating. Uh, um, people can participate in designing their own future um, and not read about other people and <laughs> how they got to do things and really have it be their own personal experience. Thank you. I, mean, I think it's great to kind of hear your story and it gives us so much context for this book that you have coming out, Full Potential, and kind of hear how you did it in trial and error and um, I guess... Uh, pulling up your sleeves or, um, and I guess, and it sounds like you're just passionate about helping people who are going through change, uh, whether it's a career change or a life change and you just get just joy out of it. And, you know, so, but at the same time, noticing, you know, growth, grow my future is, um, there's educators and teenagers that are their audience, but then this full potential is really focused on adults. So what is that like to kind of make that transition for yourself? It was so much fun. <laughs> I really loved it. I love writing for adults. You can take it so many levels deeper. You could talk about things like work-life balance. Um, it, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, with adults, I had to take into consideration different aspects, of course, of what that looks like and what that might mean, especially one of the things with adults typically is transitioning careers. And that's hard. That's super difficult. So I actually interviewed a ton of different HR professionals and people who had successfully gone through career transitions to get the kind of the best um, tips and tricks for adults going through that. So taking into consideration the different stages that different adults might be at and providing information, because really it's about them. It's not about me, in, in my opinion, and all my work right? It's, it's about how do I serve them in the best possible way? What are they looking for? And what are they in need of? Not what is it that I think they should do? Um, it's, it's really getting a good sense from individuals of where they're at. And, and I interview people to see where they're at, too, because I don't want it to just come from my own perspective of what I think. And we did that also with the nonprofit, too. We, we tested it on lots of students, uh, before we actually put it out there for scalability to train educators. Um, and then we tested it with educators in terms of how the training platform was working for them and designed it with educators for educators. So same with the guidebook. So this guidebook, you know, it seems like a combination of your own experience, but then also this data and interviews that you've got uh, based on the HR professionals and people you've interviewed as well. And it's, there's tips and tricks in there, you say, as well. So, um, you know, can you give an example of, a, you know, one that's, one, you know, really one of your favorites uh, for the audience? And, you know, some, uh, that, that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I think that, well, one of the things that I teach, I actually have lectured and uh, done workshops in big corporations around this, is networking. Uh, I think that more than anything, when it is that we're wanting to achieve something, it's all about people. And so networking is a really important tip and trick. Um, it, it also depends on where you're at. I think that all there's, so how the guidebook is designed is that there's the activities in the front part of the book, which is all action activity based. 
And then the final sections are the, um, the kind of tips and tricks. And there's an array of different ones. And people can go and spend more time in certain areas in which they feel like they want more knowledge. And then the last portion is, is I've divided it into different portions, depending on like who the audience is, if it's their first job. So college students, for example, and them going out into the work world for their first job. If it's people transitioning careers, if it's um, what I call the golden years, um, potentially retiring um, or potentially looking for work in the golden years too. So those those are more optional and you kind of go to where it is that you feel you gravitate towards more. Um, so I guess what's a, what's a mistake that a lot of people make, uh, you feel like in uh, when they're when they're going through their transitioning and their careers um, for this audience that you're speaking to? I mean, I think it's just hard. I think it's really hard. I think that the biggest mistake with transitioning careers that can happen because it is difficult um, and, and you have to have perseverance. Um, a big part of that is, is not having any aggravation come into interviews um, or frustration and to approach it with a fresh mind and more adventurous mind, um, playing with, okay, well, what if I tell my story this way? What if I do the interview this way? Or have it, or have it be something like, well, let me get to know the interviewer, right? Let, let, let me try to understand more, like, what is this interviewer's, what is their story? Or what, how does this company operate? So making it kind of an inquisitive adventure um, versus it being, okay, another interview. I'm so sick of this. This is like, you know, my 10th or maybe even a hundredth interview. Right. So that's, that's, that's what I would say. Thank you. I think, um, and you know, as I look through the pre-order website, I noticed that one of the chapters is called, um, your life at hundred years old. Um, and of course, um, you know, would you mind just shedding a little bit more light on what is the purpose of that type of chapter without, of course, you know, giving away your secret sauce to speak? <laughs> no, it's okay. My secret sauce is there to be like given out. It's, it's, I'm not trying to hold on to it. It's okay. <laughs> we can spread it wide. Um, cause really it's, it's about helping other people. Um, so the hundred year old. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I once wrote, and I don't, I don't even remember where or why I did this, but I wrote about what would my life look like a hundred if I was a hundred years old and looking back at it. And it was, it gave me the ability to imagine and to see my life in different areas and, and to really visualize it, um, bring it all together. Like, what is it that I want to leave behind? What is it that I wanted to create? You know, what is the type of life that I wanted to live? So that's at the very end of all these all these different activities as well, um, to really kind of bring it all together of, okay, this is, this is what I really want. It gives you, it's like being able to work backwards almost, right? Knowing what it is that you wanted to create, what is most important to you. It, it, it really is solidifying, you know, the, the most important pieces that you want to be doing with your life. So that's fascinating with the, you know, thinking of life as a um, hundred year old. 
um, and, you know, what's important. And uh, that's something I've thought about as well. You know, at the same time, as you've written about this, um, do you feel comfortable sharing what is your own uh, view? What is this? What is the story you want people to remember when you're 100 years old? Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I, I went into as much detail in terms of where I would be living and the view that I would have and that I would have a garden that I would be working on and that I would be close to the city, but still in a peaceful area in nature. Um, I would have created a lot, but it wasn't about being known for my creation, but having my creation have large impact in the world. Um, that I would have loved and loved deeply. Um, and that would be with my partner, with my daughter, um, with everybody that I encounter. And, and that I really would have created a life full, a juicy life full of travel and experiences and community and hosting people. Like I love, I love hosting events and, you know, bringing different experiences to people as well. So I definitely envision that being part of my life. It has been and it will continue to be, but hopefully even more so where I don't have to be so focused. I've been on the grind for many, many years where it's just been like nonstop and I haven't had time to do as much as I would like to socially or creatively or in other areas of my life. Thank you so much. And uh, this is, uh, I'm just digesting that. That is personal. And thank you for sharing that. Of course. Um, as I think about, you know, one particular thing you just mentioned, um, you you dropped uh, community. Um, so, um, you know, I talk a little bit about community in the Shake the Cosmos earlier podcasts and how um, people should identify their community. So, you know, would love to sort of hear from you, what is your definition of community? And when you think about your own community, uh, what does that encompass? I think that that actually evolves through time. Um, I would say community can change and um, you have certain consistency, people that have been around for large periods of time. Um, but there's also those that as you evolve yourself and as you start getting into different types of interests and things of that nature, that, that, that can shift. So it really depends on what stage of, of your life you might be in. Like I just read an article that my friend wrote about when she became a mom that she was looking for that type of community and she thought automatically she'd fall into it and didn't happen um, right away, but it's happening now. But, you know, it's like life changes, things, things happen. And so community evolves. And also, it depends on your interests, too. You could find that all of a sudden you love, I don't know, what, boating, <laughs> right? And then you develop a community of different people that love the same thing. Um, it could be many different things. So I would say that evolves and it changes and it depends on what your needs are. I also feel like there is something to what I call leveling up in our own frequency. And so as we evolve as humans, that it depends on who is around you. And if you, you level up your frequency, that you've got to join others who have also leveled up too. I always like to surround myself with people who 
are wiser or inspirational. In fact, one of the pieces within the guidebook is um, the people in your life. And you look at things such as, does this person energize me? Do, does it, do I feel neutral after our interaction? Or do I feel depleted? Mm. Yeah, it sounds like it's a very conscious approach to community. Uh, and uh, the framework you've laid out here uh, around uh, people in your life and just understanding who that is um, and leveling up. So I'm sort of intrigued by this leveling up concept. Are we sort of talking, you know, there's this thing about your peers or your power or your income maybe around uh, uh, average out to be the people who are around you. There are some of these concepts sticking around. But I guess, you know, if you were to sort of categorize, um, like, what is leveling up for you? Can you elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm also trying to figure out exactly what that means, too, because I, it's, it's a new concept that I am playing with, that part of our purpose in this world is to level up. So leveling up can be different for different people. That that's I feel like those are just the different lessons that we have to learn throughout our life in different ways. It, leveling up could be making it financially. It could be you know uplifting yourself in um, through difficult situations or getting past different patterns that tend to be frequent within your life. Um, it could be leveling up your, your own spiritual path. It could be many different things. So leveling up, it depends on what it is, what's important, what is specific for that individual, Mm. um, and kind of stepping, it's like, it's elevating yourself to the next level, whatever that might be, whatever that goal is, whether that is, you know, the, the emotional side, psychology, um, <laughs> for lack of better words, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, it can, that, it can that, play out in many ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And I see, I see a connection um, to many things as well. And uh, it's, I appreciate you kind of sharing how you, the framework, how you think about leveling up. Uh, it also reminds me of um, some of like the. I was just, I was just with a friend. Uh, he drew a Buddhist uh, circle thing for me. And it had all these different types of spokes, like finance, work, self-love, how stretched out you can be in different ways. And in some ways, I guess your your new concept of leveling up sounds almost like balancing, uh, balancing some of that, um, where and but also being conscious. Um, I would say it, it's not so much about balance; it's about lessons. It's about evolution. I, I actually, that's how I would define it. Lessons and evolution. So the lesson is, for example, a lesson might be um, something that's been a pattern for you or maybe within your family as well, such as like, um, so one of the, <laughs> one of the patterns, I'll get vulnerable here. One of the patterns within my family is that my mom and dad got divorced when I was young and my dad hasn't been around. And I went into um, being a parent as a single mom. And so one of the patterns is not having a man be a part of like, there, there's definitely a piece about having a, the man energy be a part 
of our worlds. And, and so that's, that's something that I'm working on. Um, and that I feel confident that hopefully I'll be able to level up, um, which I feel like also you show that example and it, it, it then portrays to my daughter and my daughter sees it and she can start, it can break the pattern, um, not just, you know, from the past, but for the future. Um, so that's one way of, uh, that you could level up and it might be really hard. It might be, you know, some people deal with drug abuse or alcohol abuse that could be leveling up is getting through those kinds of patterns. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then, so lessons, what did I say? Lessons, lessons and evolution. <laughs> evolution. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that kind of well defines what I think leveling up is. Okay. So, um, I guess one thought that comes to my mind now is a little bit around, you know, there's all this stuff about finding purpose and leveling up and uh, doing these um, things that just give people purpose and things. But then people have full-time jobs. People have work to do, nine to five. So how does someone bring their work and their all this awesomeness that they would, uh, you know, get outside of work into work and make a difference? Yeah, sure. There's many different ways to do that. So you can always look at, and one of the things that you do within the guidebook is once you define what it is that, that you want to be doing, you can look at, okay, well, is this something that I want to do as a hobby? Um, is this something that I want to integrate within work? And there, so there's lots of choices. Everything within the guidebook is a choice that you make for yourself. So that's one particular choice that you can make for yourself. You could also look at, okay, well, do I want to see if, if there, if I can kind of transition my current position into something that better fits who I am and what it is that I want to be doing. So you can even propose different initiatives um, or suggest different ways that you may want to be going about your career. Or if you want to transition careers, you could do things like stay in your full time nine to five job while volunteering and getting experience in the new career that you want to be transitioning into. Um, there's lots of different ways that you can go about doing this. Uh, it just, it really depends. It's, it's so individualized. And, and that's what I love about the guidebook is that it, it is based on you and the choices that you want to make for yourself. Thanks. I mean, I think, you know, in the guidebook, you talk about week one being sort of this work-life integration piece. And I guess I had heard work-life balance before and work-life integration is fairly new concept. So uh, what does that entail? I mean, it's, it's again, many different things. Um, so work-life integra integration is, is, it's the sister of work-life balance. Actually, it's pretty much the same, right? <laughs> it's just work-life balance is kind of played out. Um, and I like the integration piece versus just balancing because it, it feels like a balance could get tipped over very easily, whereas integration is something that is much more solid. So looking at things like where are you spending your time? Where do you want to spend your time? Um, what, what, what is important in terms of money? Like looking at all these different pieces. Um, how do you want to feel within your life too? Like looking at the emotions that you want to evoke more. For example, I want to feel healthier or I want to feel more productive. And then giving actual actions of how to be able to do those things. Um, yeah, so it's it's an important piece. You can't talk about work without talking about life 
as well. Mm. It's it's it all goes hand in hand. It all influences one. One always influences the other both ways. Um, so I want to pick on something you said about you know action and you know making sure there's an action. Um, and I guess um, trying to understand. Uh, you know, ideas sort of come dime a dozen and I'm thinking about your story, but where you've actually taken ideas and executed them and trial and error approach. Uh, what would be your advice to somebody, you know, who has a lot of ideas and is kind of struggling with the action uh, piece of it? Yeah, well, if it's lots of ideas, it's always about narrowing it down and what you want to work on the most. I, I definitely struggled with this. <laughs> I remember when I was starting my nonprofit, just the nonprofit alone, I had all these ideas of what I could do within the nonprofit. And I was very lucky to have um, somebody that was mentoring me who, who had started the biggest nonprofit organization in India. And he was getting his MBA at Haas. Uh, and he went home on vacation. I remember one, one, it was, I think it was winter break and he came back and I was like, Smarth man, <laughs> you're not going to be happy <laughs> during like a three week period. I had started all these different things, right? <laughs> Cause his whole thing was having me narrow it down and really focus on like specific initiatives but i just went all out because i'm one of those people i see so many different things i want to do them all why can't i do them all i can see it all i know how this can play out but it is really important to narrow in on what it is that you want to focus on and it's <laughs> i've learned through the years that, that's for sure it's it's <laughs> some lessons have been a little harder but but you stress yourself out and you're not able to get as much done um so it's really about figuring out what is most important to concentrate on? And it doesn't mean that the other things can't be done. It's just you have to have a timeline for yourself and you have to make you have to narrow in and make choices. And then how do you narrow in and make choices is, is another question to be had, right? Which the guidebook also goes into is how do you make these choices? I always like the tactic of looking at different choices side by side. So if I could do this or this, which one would I rather do? Like you have to eliminate, eliminate, <laughs> eliminate one. Um, and, and then after you do that, you do that with another pairing until you get it down to exactly what it is that you're interested in, knowing that you can always go back, but also to commit to something for a period of time. Um, I think that that is a, a mistake that can happen is that right when you're about to have that breakthrough is when maybe you give up and let things go. Um, I, I did a survival program when I was 14 out in the middle of nowhere, right? Three weeks in nowhere. One of the things that we had to do was we had to um, create a coal from rubbing two sticks together. And the moment that you feel like your arm is going to break off and you just can't do it anymore, that's when you get the coal. So always kind of know that, 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 when to push yourself and also know when not to. Again, in the tips and tricks in the guidebook, we go into, you know, how to know when to keep going and how to know when to, to move on to something else. It's, it's a delicate balance, though. It's not necessarily an easy, straightforward answer. It takes a lot of reflection to understand the difference between the two. Thank you. I think um, 
kind of diving a little bit more deeper into sort of the choices as well, you said, you know, it comes down to how to make those choices. Uh, and thank you for sharing your example as well. Um, I think, you know, what about like, you know, people who are just trying to be creative? Um, you know, how do you sort of uh, stuff creativity or spark creativity in the choices so it doesn't feel so um, logical and planned? Well, one of the things that you could do in, in the guidebook that is an activity is to imagine what it would be to live a day in the life of whatever job. So you spend the day in creativity and thinking about it. You start by journaling. Okay, well, what would life look like? <clears throat> what would this mean? You go throughout the day thinking about all the different ways in which life would change if you were to have this career. You talk to people about the career. You ask people if anybody's ever encountered anybody with that type of career. Um, and then at the end of the day, you do a final reflection. And then you just let it be because you got to let it just settle right? And not do anything. And then you can experiment and do that with another job after you've done that. So there's, there's definitely ways to approach it in a creative way. All right. So, you know, let's talk about sort of one, one other thing, you know, it's, it's, it's in everywhere, all these books and passion. Uh, and, you know, I feel like at one time, it's, and sometimes it can be tricky, like people don't know what they're passionate about. Sometimes people know. Um, what is your perspective on it? What is your take on it? Uh, and I know that's, that's one of the things you talk about in the guidebook as well. Yeah, absolutely. So passion is, it's, it's interesting. Um, of course, some of us are born and we know what it is that we're passionate about and what we love doing. But unfortunately, a lot of us, it, it's a trial by error. And actually, there's a lot of misconceptions around passion and what passion is and how to find passion like there's all these like you know slogans find your passion live your passion um but actually there's been studies done recently about passion being something that you actually have to try it first and you get good at it and once you're good at it then you become passionate about it um, which is kind of like the opposite of what we think we think that we're going to fall into passion and automatically love doing something but actually, it's very possible that you first get really good at it. You get past that like hump of, oh my gosh, I'm not sure if I can do this. You know, I'm not doing this so well. And then you get good and you're like, oh, I finally did this and I love this and I'm really good at it. So, for example, um, maybe you're like, gosh, I've always wanted to try out salsa dancing. And you go salsa da dancing for the first time and you're like, whoa, like... <laughs> This is something that I don't think I'm really good at. I'm not sure I should try it again. But then you decide to go to salsa dancing lessons and you get really good and you're on fire and you love it and you go out salsa dancing every night. So that's just an, one example of how you might be able to find passion. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we'll just we'll just do a quick uh, shout out to your organization, uh, Grow My Future, as well. And uh, I think... All right, so um, I know you're executive director of growmyfuture.org. Uh, you're founder of the organization as well. So uh, how can the listener support uh, this nonprofit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a couple of ways. I think the two biggest ways that you can support Grow My Future 
is one, if you know educators that would be interested in delivering our curriculum within their high schools or principals at different high schools, um, let them know about our organization. Let them know what we're doing. It's so important. We've seen students go from D's and F's to A's and B's. One student took a certification to the courthouse and was like, I'm not drifting. I know what I want to be doing. But even outside of, you know, some of the students that we're working with that might be going down a bad path and it kind of redirects them because it shows them their value is that this is applicable to everybody and anybody. And one of the biggest questions we can ask ourselves is who are we, what, we, what do we want to do? And so this is equipping educators with this. If you look at the national average of high school counselors to students, in California it's 822 to 1. Nationally it's 400 and 429, I want to say. Oh, I'm probably getting this wrong. No, it's like more close to 450, I think, to 1. Recommended is 1 to 250, but even that is too high. Um, so these kids don't even get five minutes of counseling um, or an average about five minutes of counseling of what they want to do with their futures with their high school counselors. So we're not giving them tools. That's where our curriculum comes in. So please spread the word. Um, to different educators around our curriculum. And of course, um, donations are, are highly appreciated. We, we don't turn educators away um, due to money. Uh, we definitely offer a lot of scholarships to educators. And the amount that we charge for any of our trainings or curriculum is really low price compared to what the market is asking. Um, and we did that. We offer low price curriculum for, for high quality. And we do that intentionally. So um, we definitely need extra support. So please consider also donating to our organization. Thank you. Go growmyfuture.org. Grow so, um, and then a final shout out to your new book uh, coming up, uh, Full Potential. It's going to be uh, live right now. And people can pre-order on ignitingfp.com. That's fullfppotential.com. And right now there's a free shipping uh, for pre-orders and it will start uh, being available to everybody next year. Correct. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure.